We've made it to the UEFA Women's Champions League final and Chelsea aren't here. Wow. Um, a lot to unravel between the second leg semifinals and looking ahead to the final. And we do have a special guest coming on to help us through what's happening. But let's let's kind of build up to this final first. Barcelona versus Lyon, a repeat of the 2019 final. What do you guys think? Jesse. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it feels like the best final narrative-wise, and I think probably the best final footballing-wise as well, which I think is a nice thing to happen. Obviously, you know, Ada Hegerberg getting her annoyance on about everyone talking about Barcelona, which I think is kind of totally legit um, from her, but also I never think is a great look, but fair enough, because I do wonder if Leon will get battered and then you look very embarrassed that, that you said all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think football wise as well, like I still think Leon are probably a level below this current Barcelona team, but I think they've just about proved they were the second best team in Europe this year generally. So I think we've got the right final. Or as if Joe Montemoro put it, the best in the world, apparently. Um, <laughs> Abdullah, what do you think of the final? Yeah, no, I think uh, I like it. I mean, obviously, for obvious reasons, I like it. Um, and for the first time, it's it's Juve's Mialix. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited just to be, be able to be part of the, you know, to be part of the, of the whole thing here. So, Barcelona fan now. I mean, okay, so that's why it's a two v one now. I mean, I don't know. We call we call this two of you versus me now. I don't know. Regardless, I'm happy to be in a final. Um, you know, and and I, I think I think most people will say, yeah, this is clearly the uh, my, my area of, of knowledge and expertise because it's uh, it is it is it is my uh, first true love, if I can call it that. But anyway, uh, I like the final. I like the final. I think I think footballing wise. Um, It'll be very interesting. I mean, I, I'll reserve my comments on the final later like, properly, but I think there are things between the two teams where I think can, they can match up really, really well. So I'm excited to see it, explore it, talk about it, and then we can dissect it. It should definitely be a good one to watch overall. But speaking of expertise and knowledge, um, we do have a special guest this episode, a box-to-box debutant because we've had so many guests on here before. Um, a name you might know if you follow WSL, Willie Kirk is going to be on this episode to discuss the Women's Champions League final with us. But we, before we move on to that and to talk about the final, we're going to go through the second legs of the semifinals quickly first. Firstly, Wolfsburg 2, Barcelona 0. Um Barcelona's first loss of the season and the perfect season came to an end. Of course, the perfect season in terms of all competitions, they still have the cup and the league um, to go perfect on that. But it was nil-nil at halftime with Wolfsburg out with clear intentions after their 5-1 defeat in the first leg. Tabea Vazmuth got Wolfsburg's first goal in the 47th minute to spark some hope, I guess, after, I mean, how much hope do you have after a 5-1 defeat in the first leg? Um but eventually, Joe Ward did make it two in the 59th minute, and now Wolfsburg just needed three more goals in 30 minutes, which, as Jesse pointed out, 
at the time was mathematically possible <laughs> given their rates and scoring goals. Uh, but it didn't happen. And Barcelona saw, saw out a 5-3 aggregate win over Wolfsburg to get into their third Champions League final in four years. Um, and despite the scoreline, the 2-0 scoreline, obviously, Barcelona did have more attempts on goal and more shots on target than Wolfsburg did. And um, so make of that what you will. But Jesse, when you saw the scoreline at 2-0, did you have a glimpse of, oh shit, they might actually do it? I think the important question, Alex, is did you feel like that? <laughs> well, you texted me and I said <laughs> no. And that's what I felt. I just don't know if I believe you. Um, no, there also- was no way that Barcelona was conceded three goals in half an hour. Okay, okay. Um, I just know that Barcelona fans should blame Alex because they were fine until Alex put the game on her laptop. So it was her fault. Um, did I think Barcelona, uh, did I think Walsh were going to do it? I'm not going to lie. There was a bit of me that thought, because I know you say, you know, it was, it was three goals in 30 minutes to go through. And there was a bit of me that thought if they get one more, in the last half hour, then kind of like it feels like anything could happen to at least take it to extra time. I think the clue that that wasn't going to happen was the fact that both of Wolfsburg's goals were just very, very good finishes as opposed to Wolfsburg actually putting like concerted pressure on Barcelona's penalty area at any point. But it was certainly an entertaining, it was much more of an entertaining game than I thought it was going to be. Barcelona were definitely the the better team, but I think what it kind of showed is that you can rattle this Barcelona team. You know, they can look rubbish. They do have an off day. Like, that happens to all football teams, but definitely there's been an aura around Barcelona that they're just, you know, this massive all-conquering team and that's all they're ever going to go out and do is smash you like a million goals to nil. Um, look, obviously the game was like so influenced by game state anyway. So it becomes a bit like, well, <laughs> all the chances Barcelona had in the first half, do they make more of them if they're not already 5-1 up? Like, well, they're just kind of being a bit lazy, potentially. Um, but I think it it's a very tasty result just to kind of put that element of doubt in Barcelona's head maybe and a little bit of confidence in some other teams' heads in Europe to think that, look, like it can be done. Okay, it's just a one-off result. It didn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, if you kind of get a bit of luck, defend pretty well and have players like Tabia Vasma for Jill Rod who can score a couple of rockets from the edge of the area, you've got you've got a chance. Yeah, definitely. And we'll uh, that's your next question, Jesse, after Abula's. Um, but it was about those chances that Wolfsburg took that were quite crucial, especially the second Joe Ward goal. Um, but Abdullah, before we get into that, it wasn't a bad match from Barcelona, despite, you know, being 2-0 down. They just didn't finish their chances, especially um, Mariano Nosuala had some really good chances, um, which really weirdly did not go in. Um, but looking back at the first leg, just overall, what did Wolfsburg do differently the second leg to disrupt that Barcelona fluidity? I think they came in with a little bit more of a clear game plan. Like, obviously, we discussed it in the first leg. I think the first leg was all about, um, was was a lot of confusion of should we press, should we sit? And I think we, we all made the observation that that was probably not the right way to go about this. And they kind of had to make a decision. And I think this time they they, they set it up, oh, okay, we're going to sit and we're going to we're gonna absorb the pressure. But when the ball is in the final third, let's press, compress the spaces and let's, let's hit Barcelona high up the pitch. And I think every team and any team that's been able to get any sort of joy in those small moments in games has been pressuring the defenders and kind of winning the ball 
in between Patri and Sandebanks. And I think Wolfsburg were able to do that. They were able to win the transition game in the final third, and, and a couple of the opportunities came on counterattacks where Barcelona were exposed. Uh, to, to an extent, I do think it was Barcelona kind of thinking, we've got one, one foot in the semi, we've got one foot in the final we don't really need to bother too much about the result of this game. And they, I think they were a little bit on holiday. Um, but, but you know, I don't take it away from Wolfsburg. You still need to, to create those chances and create those moments. And uh, I, I think uh, Wolfsburg did that well. Jill Roy, Tabia Wasmuth, I think they've got the, the profiles to be able to do that. I think Wasmuth is a really, really good operator in the final third. I think her movement has been very, really good. And she was able to really move some move some of the players around. And I think Giroud's running from deep was, uh, was a particular highlight. So I think I think overall, just winning, you know, having a clear game, game plan, winning the ball deep, uh, sorry, defending deep properly, in, in a solid compact shape and, and winning the ball in midfield or in the final third was was kind of their uh you know their their saving grace this time and I mean they showed for it they got two, they got two goals. And yeah the Gerard second goal I think was kind of everything that we talked about leading up to kind of how do you counterattack against Barcelona. Uh Gerard dispossessed Patri kind of in the middle of, of Barcelona's half and and within a few touches she shot outside of the box. Um I was really impressed that winning because it didn't look like much. But then you look at the replays and you actually realize how hard she hit that. Um, it was right next to the post Sandra Paños couldn't really have done much really. And um, but Jesse, you know we have talked about it quite a lot of that dispossession and catching Barcelona out of positions and kind of doing that as quickly as possible. Were you surprised that this didn't happen more throughout the match? I think the problem that Wolfsburg have or had, as lots of teams have when they play Barcelona, is you can dispossess them. You can have one player kind of go up 1v1 and kind of win the ball back. But given how much pressure Barcelona put on you when you're attacking, that it's often very hard to have the level of support around you. So again, like you look at the Jill Roy goal, she's forced to kind of take the shot from the edge of the area. And okay, you know, I think Jill Rod's kind of shown to us this season, like what a high quality finisher she can be. But you're asking a lot from, from your players to be able to do that regularly. And, you know, we saw a couple of times, I think in, in this game, that John Stottier was able to kind of get the ball and, and make a, a run down the wing. But then there wasn't ever really anyone there in the box. And I think Wolfsburg did do this a lot better, like were better at getting players forward in the second leg than they were in in the first obviously but you know I think you've obviously as a team kind of got to gamble that and again this is where unfortunately the game state comes into play in understanding this second leg because Wolfsburg may as well have gambled having the extra player forward because they had nothing really to lose whereas if you're in a situation where you're nil-nil against Barcelona are you really going to want to push that those two three players forward in the case that you actually turn over the ball um, so I think that's the problem is how can you position players that mean that you can like a counterattack quickly and then break well if you do get a turnover without leaving yourself totally exposed because Barcelona can just turn those things around so quickly. Yeah, that is fair. And precisely two players that can turn around things quite quickly on the attack. Mariona and Oshuala are back for Barcelona. Liga Martens is back in team training, but I don't think she'll be back for the final sadly um, she won't be able to score a screamer against Cristiano there again unfortunately um, but Mariona and Estrella are back and they did actually kind of make their I guess quote-unquote debut against Wolfsburg and it was nice to see them back but now they're kind of full back uh, full back that doesn't make sense they're not full backs obviously but they're back into full swing with the team and you know playing quite a lot of minutes and Abdullah 
they did miss clear chances. Let's blame that on the rustiness that they have. But how big is this for Barca going into the final? Oh, it's huge. Uh, I think there are two profiles that I think are totally different from each other and kind of what's on the pitch already for Barcelona, you know, starting with Mariona. I think her ability to, to, to from the left wing to be able to drop into spaces really deep, pick it up, her movement and kind of the, the space she affords for the left back or the left you know, wing back to kind of overlap and kind of take over the entire left-hand side. Is, is I think unbelievable the, the amount of space that she creates over there and she's so good on the ball and, and so creative and I think when you've got Kronogorsevich and Graham Hansen as your two wide players with Jenny Hermoso it, it's it's they bring their own strengths and they bring a different way of attacking but I think if you're playing Mariona on one side especially on the left hand side she brings this creativity that you know that 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 is maybe only there in midfield. That I don't even think you know if I really think about it, you maybe only you you have it with Alexia at times when she does play a bit more of a passing game. Um, but this this sort of like finding that killer pass or that that line breaking pass, I think it comes from Mariona in deeper in deeper areas, and I think that's what she'll bring. I think Oshawala is a different is a different case. I think she's obviously a different striker to Jenny Hermoso. And what I think Oshawala brings in, I was talking to, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, is Oshawala's profile is so good that people don't value her her presence in the team because they just see that she misses chances. But what I think she does is she brings and makes so much space and she she drops into so many pockets of space with it, so much energy and so much movement that um that I think it's it's Hermoso does that but in small in small spurts and kind of small areas and she kind of takes the width of the pitch and goes there. But Oshawala can sit at the edge of a defense, pull players away and really make diagonal dotting runs in behind and she's quick. And she's able to do that and she's able to take, obviously, chances head on. So I think two really, really big profiles coming back. And, and I think it gives Barcelona almost like an option to plan B, plan C kind of thing if they want to change things up from what they already have, uh, you know, didn't play. I think, yeah, if you ever, if anybody listening ever gets a chance to watch Barcelona and Oshuala and Alexia are playing together, they're partnership is actually not talked about a lot but I do agree Abdullah with the spaces and the kind of player that Oshwala is she creates a lot of different kinds of spaces and chances for like her teammates which I think is underappreciated because I mean she does miss a lot of ridiculous goals that she should be scoring but she does score for example in the 2019 final against Lyon she did score the only goal um, that Barcelona got so there's something uh, so she is a very valuable I think yeah but I think Mario and Arishwala are kind of a big big plus to Barcelona going into this final to have that I mean imagine having those options off the bench again we look at the, the squad depth in these two teams and it's obviously a big factor of of how well the entire overall 90 minutes if not 120 is going to go but moving on to the other semi-final PSG won, Lyon 2, Lyon won 5-3 on aggregates. A really fun match overall, I thought. I don't know if that was just me because I was there in person and couldn't hear anything because of the supporters, but I think PSG could have gotten so much more from this match. Again, it sounds cliche to say, but if they were a bit more efficient in front of goal, um, I think they could have actually potentially pushed Leon a bit further, if not into extra time. But Ada Hegerberg did put Leon ahead in the 14th minute through an amazing header from Asenma Bacha, deep cross. And Marie Antoinette Catoto 
gave some hope to PSG and Parc de Prince, um in the 62nd minute to make it 4-3 on aggregate. So, you know, again, half an hour to score two goals for PSG. Very possible. Um, but then Wendy Renard sealed Lyon's ticket to the final by what else than a header <laughs> from a free kick. Uh, but Jesse, what did you think of this match? Yeah, it was kind of the Selma Basha show, wasn't it? Um, mm. it that was like all of the, the quality coming in. Um, yeah, this was... I don't know whether it's just because the wolfsburg Barca game made me like really hyper because I found it so amusing. That Then I found this one a little bit underwhelming. Although, to be fair, the atmosphere did look absolutely unreal. Um, and I felt really sorry for PSG because you just wanted them to put on a bit more of a show for their fans because... I felt like, yeah, kind of like what you just said, Alex, like there was lots of stuff they could have done to get at Lyon, but they just didn't really, it didn't really have a click for them. I mean, Tiana Endler had like a, an amazing game as well. She made some cracking saves and I think it's a very different different game if she hadn't been fit. And obviously they lost Botikova, which, you know, if you watched the first leg, didn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but I think also maybe just kind of, pushed through the feeling of that it didn't feel like their night ultimately um I still thought Leon were like pretty rubbish I mean Hegerberg it was basically like Basher and Hegerberg like kind of balling out uh Hegerberg was she was immense um genuinely immense and I just felt like PSG never it didn't really ever feel like they believed they were going to be able to turn it around maybe because of when they they conceded to Leon um so yeah a bit underwhelming. I just wanted to see PSG really go full full throttle. And with aside from Katoto, I didn't really feel like you ever saw Baltimore or Diani kind of get into the game in that way. Yeah, it was. It has been a bit disappointed for for Diani and Baltimore to kind of stay as quiet as they have been, especially in the knockout rounds. Um, but I mean, that Ada Hegerberg header was just so satisfying to see it was it was a play of like you don't really expect like Salma Bacha just kind of crosses that in with kind of hopes that someone will actually get to the end of it and then Ada Hegerberg just pulls that header off um as she's kind of unbalanced and just goes top ins basically um makes it look easy again as most players do in this tournament um I say that just like very hatred because I can't do those things um Abdullah but obviously a lot of change from the first leg. Um, how did Leon do in the second leg? I was um, kind of, I was kind of in a different way impressed. And when I say that, I mean, they didn't actually play their normal game as they did in the first leg and as they have been doing throughout the tournament. I, I actually was kind of surprised pleasantly that Sonia changed her tactics to a way where she was happy to give the ball to PSG and let them have it and sit back and play a little bit more of a counter-attacking game, which I actually, I'm not going to lie, I didn't think Leon could do that. You know, Leon of last year and the other year before have always been a team that, okay, we're just going to dominate the ball and we're just going to play on the front foot and we're going to go. And that's that was kind of the ethos and the philosophy of the team. And I think even earlier this season, what, what we've seen is that Sonia has been a very front foot manager and has wanted to 
keep the ball, get the ball, and kind of play, 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 play that way, play attacking wise. But then this game was totally different, where she was willing to more set back, let PSG have the ball, we'll counter, we'll win it in midfield, and we'll go and we'll attack. And I think, I think the way she set up the team kind of reflected it was a reflected that, but b I think also it worked out. When you like, I think the I think for me, Selma Basha has been Leon's best season, hands down, most improved player, best young player, and kind of their player of the season because she's been she started the season off at left wing, fantastic. She was amazing, scoring goals, assists, the movement was fantastic. Pearl Moroni didn't have the best starts to the, to, the, to the season, and then she gets replaced halfway through with Selma Basha moving back. And kind of ever since she's moved back, if anything, she's become a better, better left back than she was at left wing. And the whole criticism that she had for the last couple of seasons was she's not mature enough to play left back. She's not been able to nail down the position and be consistent. And now she's undroppable. I, I think she's like probably one of the first teams on the team sheet. And finally realizing their potential and just like you said, it was the Sama Basha show where she would just run that left hand side. And I think a lot of the lot of the goals in the last couple of games have come from the left hand side with a Sama Basha cross. I think she's tied highest uh, assist maker with Rolfo, I think, in the Champions League, which I think goes a long way in saying that that she is an outlet. So the fact that the goal came from her, inevitable, but at her pace on the counter-attack, and the whole point I digress a little bit, but like the whole point of the counter-attacking was they were able to play it down the, the left-hand side with the wide, wide fullback with, uh, Mel- you know, with Millard and Katsunia Macario all kind of playing on this inside position, playing through. P- and I think PSG in midfield, I think they missed the trick. I think not having generally a, d- a defensive midfielder, maybe like a Diallo could have come in. And I think, I don't think Hamarawi would have made much of a difference, but I think not playing maybe Diallo at the base of midfield kind of hurt them because while on Leon's side, they played Henri or they played Damaris in that position, it, it becomes important because they're the ones that set up a team and kind of help you defend diligently without having to go forward. And Leon kind of switched from playing two at the base to one at the base, depending whether they were in our possession, attacking or defending. And I think that helped compensate for the fact that, you know, Damaris was on the bench and Henri was that sole pivot. And they were able to counter and use the wide areas because anyway, Lawrence and Karchawi like to come forward. So overall, I love the game plan. And it was not vintage Leon, but the fact that they were able to sh- adapt and show that they were able to do the hard work and play off the ball like this was for me impressive. And it gives me like a tiny, tiny bit of hope going into the final. But yeah, it's more than more hope than I thought it was a few weeks ago. A tiny, tiny, tiny bit of hope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jesse, we, we do agree. I think the three of us kind of agree that PSG might have deserved a tiny bit more from this match or at least push Leon a bit closer than scoreline wise than they did. But was that down to PSG missing their chances or was it more of, you know, Leon playing that game plan as Abdullah mentioned that kind of adjusted more to the match rather than their own style of football? I mean, the numbers certainly would tell you that Leon didn't do much to close down PSG. I think, um, I'm looking at one expected goals provider, which gave it 2.38 PSG, but I think they've done that annoying thing where a re- they count the rebound opportunity for Katota's goal. So I think that comes up with 1.3. Um, but I definitely think PSG did have good chances. and But ultimately, I think 
Lyon did generally do quite well to shut down maybe the way PSG traditionally score goals, if if that makes sense. Like, I felt like PSG had good opportunities, but they weren't necessarily in the areas where maybe they expected them to come. Like, you know, even that moment where you've got kind of Kachawi running through on goal, like that's not really the player you want there. So then is it like, well, you know, it is a good save obviously as well, but you're also like, well, they've kind of done well to make sure that they're forcing PSG to have their left back like playing forward rather than like a Baltimore or Dion. And I think they were the key players to really shut down and they did that very well. Um, yeah, again, like as Abdullah said, I thought Salma Basha as well as going forward. Um, she dealt really, really well with, with Diani too. And I think, you know, maybe we just have seen, you know, we obviously talk about this a lot in the Champions League, but how teams when they play each other more regularly they start to figure each other out and obviously that's the nature of these Leon PSG clashes they're playing each other for like the gazillionth time this season so it makes sense that Leon have found ways of shutting down Baltimore Kototo and Diani and I think I think you saw that and I think equally to give credit to PSG they found ways of shutting down Leon it's just in those moments where Leon had those chances they their finishing was ultimately better so and in the Champions League that stuff can can make massive differences. You know, I think, not to always talk about it, but like, I think the Barcelona-Chelsea final was almost an example of that, right? Like, there were a flurry of chances for both sides in the opening 10 minutes and Barcelona finished them better. And it totally changes the skew of the entire game and the perception of the game. Now, that's not to say that, like, Barcelona weren't the vastly better team than Chelsea, but ultimately, in a low-scoring game such as football you only need a team to start taking a couple of chances for also to put in your head that this game's like just kind of getting out of your control. And I think when Lyon scored that first goal, that that's almost what it felt like to PSG when they kind of fought so hard to get back into the tie in the first leg. And I think that was maybe ultimately also what was kind of getting to their heads as they wanted, they were forced to kind of almost push it more than maybe they needed to ultimately. And so, yeah, I think, I think you can argue it from both ways, but, I think Leon did kind of show that they could, yeah, they could definitely shut down what would be considered PSG's key attacking threats. And Abdullah, obviously, it is a big factor the fact that PSG and Leon have played each other so many times, not just this season, but just over on the last few years. And the style plays don't change too much, and especially the players. We have seen a few players change, but overall you still have the Ada Hegeberg, the Wendy Renard, the Garachawis. You know, it's it's not that big of a change, but does this second leg make you feel slightly better going into the final, as you mentioned, or is it still kind of up in the air knowing that the second leg against PSG was kind of down to the matchup rather than the actual match? I think I think a little bit of both. I think I think there is still a lot of work to be done. I, I'm still need to be more convinced that they can go toe to toe with Barcelona and know that there is a game plan in hand that can that can that can beat Barcelona. I think that is still obviously up in the air. But yes, it was game state. Yes, it was contextual, and yes, it was because they played probably because they played PSG for like the sixth or seventh time this season, including all the cup games and everything. But it was the first time that they played PSG in a different manner to the other four or five times. That's kind of what gives me the hope. The fact that they basically played four or five games against them and all in very similar manners. And yes, sometimes PSG thrashed them, sometimes Lyon thrashed them. And I think that 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 first leg was a little bit of like, you know, Sonia and Lyon going, right, 
PSG have done that thing again where they're they're beating us and they're doing they're doing a lot better. We need to we need to finally come up with something new to be able to to try and try and beat this this PSG side because I think even they were worried that you leave the front three and they'll punish you regardless of how bad the rest of the team plays. The front three will punish you within a moment, right? We saw it in the uh, we saw it in the in the previous games with PSG that Katoto can just like against Bayern that first leg. Bayern were doing decent, and then Katoto comes in with a couple of goals, and suddenly the game is, you know, with PSG. So, I think, I think, but overall, I think um, they did well to nullify them. And I think, in in a way, while I know that Barcelona have a lot more threats, the concept of the way they shut down the front three of PSG can be applied to possibly stopping the front three of Barcelona. It's just a matter of can, do they have enough to stop both the front three of Barcelona and possibly even the midfield three of Barcelona? That's where the ultimate question for me comes in. And, you know, we'll obviously talk about it now and, and see you know, what we think. But yeah, overall, I do feel a little bit better. Um, but I, I think it will be a very intriguing game. That reminds me of Jonas Eidevel, um And the I think it was, I don't know if it was the post-match conference or the pre-match um of kind of after, but he was basically said the same thing, Abdullah. He's like, you worry about stopping the striker and then you have to worry about the wingers. And then once you get that nailed down, then you have to worry about Alexia and 10. And then once you get that nailed down, then you have to worry about the overlapping fullbacks. And once you get that nailed down, then you need to look at all these things. It's a never ending kind of process to try to stop Barcelona. And sad that Wolfsburg managed to beat Barcelona because Jesse had a great idea um, of a podcast <laughs> episode of how yeah, to beat Barcelona. I forgot about that was this. really funny. Um, so clearly that went down the drain because Wolfsburg clearly beat Barcelona. Winning um, our content ideas, come on. <laughs> I know, it was so good. I was so, I came up with it the day before. I'm not thinking about it, I sit down to watch the game. Oh, oh, Jesse again, had fully like, thought this through before they I came up, up with all of it, it was on a, a run. whole game plan. <laughs> I was excited to listen to the whole thing after they discussed it and I just went out. I couldn't even listen to the excitement about it. That's what sucks. <laughs> it was, yeah, it just, it went down the drain really quickly. Um, but now we'll, we'll get on to the final. So for the final, as mentioned at the start of the episode, we do have a special guest, Willie Kirk, um, obviously former Everton manager who has managed, is it Damaris Agurula, the only kind of final player that he's managed out of we're talking out of the out of the 20 what is it 48 players that are registered for Barcelona maybe it'll be on about here next year but not right now (laughs) possibly (laughs) we'll see yeah so we have Willie Kirk to come on to talk about the final with us and here is our interview with him so here we have our special guest for this episode to come on to talk about the Women's Champions League final. Willie Kirk, thank you for coming on. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. So yeah, we're going to, everyone's had enough of our voices, so we're going to concentrate <laughs> on yours for this for this little section. Um, we're going to just ask you questions and kind of analyze, and hopefully you'll make us look good somehow, but we'll get right into it. <laughs> and the first question is pretty pretty basic to start with. Um, what When you saw that final matchup, when you, it was going to be Barcelona-Leon, what was your initial thought? I think it's it's the new invincibles against the old invincibles, isn't it? So it's uh, I think it's probably a final that a lot of football fans would have handpicked. I think it's the clash that everybody wants to see, and yeah, it's a, it's a really exciting one. It's it's 
it's two powerhouses, isn't it, of the European game. So, uh, you know, there is so much talent going to be on that pitch at, at the one time. It's it's uh, it's almost like the the best of women's football. Yeah, and obviously part of I think why everyone's so excited for this one is is it is that kind of repeat of the the 2019 final where Leon smashed Barcelona. From like a manager's point of view, how big of a mental factor do you think that will be for both sides? Obviously, Leon kind of go into it with the the confidence of of maybe feeling like they they have had the better of a Barcelona team, which is you know personnel wise very still very similar, right? But then. Barcelona kind of went and got their revenge on Chelsea by doing a very similar thing to them. So, how do you think that will kind of play out? Yeah, I think I think it it can it can play a part in it. I don't think it will play a part on this occasion. I think the finals are so far apart. I think you know there's maybe only what four four starting players from the Leon team that night that will probably probably play this weekend. There's maybe a couple, couple that were on the bench. I think since then people have seen that Leon are not the invincibles uh, that, that the ones were, and they're almost in a little bit of a transition stage in terms of, you know, I know Sonia's been there, you know, a full season now, but still, if you look at the makeup of some of their players, you know, the Ellie Carpenters, the Damaris, Macario, it's young players still trying to find their way and and add medals to their collection or, or start a medal collection, I suppose. Whereas that Leon team back in 2019 were just serial winners. So I think it's a different Leon team and I think it's a different Barcelona team, despite it being the same personnel. You know, there's probably only a couple of players that played for Barcelona that night that's still that's not there anymore. So it's a team that's grown over that period of time and and probably used that defeat as a lot of motivation in terms of what they still had to improve on at that time. And they've certainly done that, you know. Uh, they're just they're just incredible to watch. And yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think that'll have a huge bearing on the game. Certainly not in a negative way for Barcelona anyway. Uh, but again, you know, there's so few Leon players left that you know who are Barcelona trying to get their revenge over because a lot of those players are not are no longer there or, or will no longer feature. They may still be at the club, but your Les Omer, your Marojan, Buades, they're not going to feature in the game probably. Uh, that makes complete sense. So, kind of talking about that growth that Barcelona has had over the last couple of years, like you said, since that final. Where do you think now that this Barcelona side can have the upper hand over Leon uh, going into this final? I just feel this Barcelona team is when we talk about team, you know, if you spoke about the Leon team of the past, you know, Hegerberg would always be one of the first names you would talk about as an individual within that team. I, as much as Barcelona have got exceptional individuals, I always think the team overshadows any of their individuals. I don't think we've ever seen a women's team function like this before in terms of their fluidity, in terms of just they're they're so reliant on every every part of the team almost. I I don't think there's an individual that can win Barcelona the game. I think they they rely so heavily on the team, but it's such a well oiled and functioning team that you very very rarely see them have a bad game. So for me, that's Barcelona's strength, and 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 they need to just bring bring their. I suppose it's, I was going to say their A game, but we, we feel that when we watch Barcelona, every game they play is their A game. 
So they, they just need to do what they normally do. And, and that's why I think it's it's hugely important for them that they don't let that defeat four years ago cause any emotions. I think they've just got to come and bring their, bring their normal game because their team is their team is so important to do everything that they do. And obviously Leon were that team quite a long time ago. Maybe they still kind of are, but definitely not the same powerhouse that they were um, once before when they won those five consecutive Champions Leagues. Where do you think that Leon could get the upper hand over Barcelona? I mean, we say they used to be the Invincibles. I would still would not like to try and put a team out on the pitch to play against them uh, because they've got so many threats and they're still a fantastically talented team. But I think people definitely have seen weaknesses. You know, I think they can be got at now, whereas I think probably in the, in the past teams just, they, they almost they almost approached games saying, how long can we can we shut them out for? Whereas now I think you look at that Leon team and PSG have certainly shown in the past and, and I think Barcelona could, could highlight it on Saturday that they can be got at now. So so for me, Leon, and, and it was interesting because I spoke to Abdullah about this previously, but do Leon focus on Leon and take their game to Barcelona or do Leon go, right, well, actually, we need to show a little bit of humility here and go, we need to stop Barcelona doing certain things and one of them is cutting right through the middle of us. So for me, Leon are getting are going to be successful if defensively they can be compact. Uh, they can they can make sure there's not massive distance from front to back. They can try and keep the pitch as narrow as possible, and make sure they're not played through. And then they have to be really really alive to almost that second scoring zone. Uh, so I think for the first time that we are saying how good can Leon be defensively to win the game because in the past it's always been well how do you stop Leon scoring goals but now it's almost how good can they be defensively to then give themselves a platform to to go and attack and go and score goals and, and use Hegerberg the way they want to use her and get crosses into the box and and you know, get your Lindsay Horans and your your Henri's round about the edge of the area. So for me, the key for Leon winning the game will actually be the the defensive organisation. I think. And both of these teams are pretty stacked talent wise. But who do you think will be kind of the key players for for each side in this match? Yeah, well, I think uh, I think as as I mentioned, I don't think there's any one individual player for Barcelona that. For me, I would highlight. I would just say the team. The team has to has to function the way they function every week, you know. Because as soon as you start highlighting one, you're almost disrespecting another one because they're they're so good. So yeah, I think obviously, obviously, you need your uh, Caroline Graham Hansons. Uh, you you need people like that to step up on the night and and take the opportunities to get. You, know, you can see how, how good she was, especially in that first leg in the semi-final. So for me, there's no real individual for for Barcelona that I would highlight. But for Leon, it's probably the midfield that's going to be so important. And I I think it'd be a brave one of any four of us who will actually predict the starting lineup because there's probably two or three places, you know, that's a little bit could it be her, could it be her? Uh, you know, Mallard, for example, started more games than she's ever started before. But will they be brave enough to start her on on Saturday, when you could probably maybe play a Macario or a Bacha 
uh, in a wide area and be a little bit more defensive minded. So I, I think if it's if it's Damaris, if it's Henri, and if it's Horan, I think that's probably the best starting three to start the game. I'm not saying that will be the three that will necessarily win me on the game, but I think it's going to be their midfield three, whatever that midfield three is, will be will be the key for Leon in terms of, as I said, about a defensive organisation, about almost being the centre of of that defensive organisation and then finding a foothold in the game that they can then go and attack and, and try and get forward from there. And uh, speaking of Leon's three, obviously, you know, most key players in midfield, obviously Barcelona have... You know, techni- a very technically capable midfield, one of the best in the world. How do you think their three of Alexia, Aitana and Patri match up against, you know, the three that you just mentioned of Leon? How do you think that will, how, how does that work out between them? Yeah, I mean, I think whatever three Leon go with, you've got six exceptional players, you know, coming up against each other. But I think they're completely different the way the units function. You know, I think that Barcelona three, their speedy play, their understanding of each other's, uh, movement and where they are on the pitch at any given time. You know, for me, if somebody switched the light out, you know, if the lights went out on Saturday night, the Barcelona players would be able to tell you where every single one of their teammates were, and especially that three in midfield. And I've always spoke to players about that in the past about your awareness on the pitch, and that's what you're trying to get to. That's where Barcelona are, and that three just functions so well together. Uh, so their speedy play their understanding of each other's movement I think is is exceptional and then you look at the, the Leon midfield three and, and it's completely different you know they'll probably rely on the physicality a little bit more uh, they've got great composure and they've got great technical players but but different technical players if, if that makes sense you know they're so the Barcelona three are so intricate whereas the Leon three will be technically fantastic, but in a slightly different way. So it's going to be a fascinating, a fascinating matchup, uh, and one that I think everybody hopefully will be a fantastic, you know, watch for for anybody on Saturday night. Nothing worse than hyping up a game and it not really going the way you expected. Oh no, it's going to be a nil nil and go to penalties, isn't it? It's good. <laughs> Don't jinx it, please. <laughs> But obviously looking at that kind of, I guess you can call it a perfect midfield in Barcelona. Uh, one player in particular that you have also managed at Everton, uh, Damari Segurola, obviously has played with quite a few of Aitana and Patri, for example, in, in the youth national teams for Spain. How, just focusing on her, obviously, because you know her quite well, how important is she for Lyon? I mean, for any team, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I knew her even better than the five months I got to work with her uh, because she was here and then she was gone. And we just got to really understand her importance and then she was she was away again. So she she's an exceptional player. She's an exceptional human being in terms of the, the attributes she has as a human. You know, she's so humble. Uh, she's so focused. She... Yeah, she's a fantastic person, and and I've never really seen it. And I hope, I hope it doesn't affect her on Saturday. But Barcelona, I think, is a team that she supported all her life, uh, or it's certainly the team that she wanted to play for, or does want to play for. And I hope she doesn't go into the game thinking she has something to prove, because the Barcelona move fell through, and that's how we got her at Everton. We were so fortunate to be in a position where that fell through and we were just in the right place at the right time so she's hugely important in terms of she knows the Spanish players as you say 
she will know a lot of their habits, their movements. I'm sure she'll have a plan to try and stop them doing what they want to do. But she's also got massive attributes herself that can that can really cause Barcelona problems. You know, she she's great defensively, but also her range of passing and her awareness, her vision can be something that unlocks unlocks Barcelona at the right time. You know, if we if we're talking about Leon trying to get a foothold in the game, once she has the composure to put her foot in the ball and, and buy them some time and some possession. But two, she's also got that that killer pass that can go and create a chance out of nothing for uh, for Leon, especially if they can either hit longer diagonals from deeper or if they can even get her a little bit closer to Barcelona's goal, she can find little reverse passes and blind passes that a lot of people wouldn't be able to see. So I think I think Damaris, I really hope that she's selected. I, I see no reason why she wouldn't be selected. But uh, yeah, I really hope she has a, a top game on Saturday. So we've kind of touched on like a couple of different aspects, I guess, of the game, the mentality stuff, some of the more of the tactical stuff. Just wondered, like, do you think there's one kind of specific thing that, that maybe you'd hang your hat on as having the biggest outcome on, on this final? I think I think as we we said quite early about some of the transitional players that Leon have got, some of the younger players, they I mean it's a it's a term that's been used a lot just now, isn't it? Uh mentality monsters. You know, we can talk about Emma Hayes Chelsea, we can talk about your your in Klopp's Liverpool. And I've said that Leon team from three or four years ago were would be your mentality monsters. I don't know if some of the younger players are at that mental level yet that they're going into games just expecting to win whereas that old Leon team did so I think uh, I think Leon probably lose a little bit of what they they maybe had in the past and I think football and wise Barcelona Barcelona if they play the way we know they can play and they do that most weeks I I think that's going to be the most important aspect Uh, you know They've, they've not exactly got an empty uh, trophy cabinet themselves. You know, they've started accumulating at a fair pace over the last couple of years. So uh, they all know how to win. You know, a lot of those players have come through together. So they have real strength in numbers now. So, yeah, I think I think the footballing aspect will be more important than the mentality side of it. I don't think either team really has a massive edge either way regards the mentality side of it. And to kind of conclude this whole thing, what's your prediction? Where, where are you taking this game? I have this question at the moment. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm sorry. I had to ask it. It is. I got it wrong yesterday. So I got asked for my prediction yesterday and I got it wrong. So I'm hoping I'm a little bit closer on there Saturday. I think Barcelona will win. And I think it'll be a really tight game. I think it... I mean, there's so many small things that could tip it either way. You know, it could be a could be a red card in the first ten minutes. You know, any any small thing could just completely change it. But I think all things being equal, I would I would go with Barcelona just because they're they're playing a level of football that we've never seen before, and and as far as I'm concerned, nobody's nobody's been able to match that over the last probably eighteen months that I've I've seen them. So yeah, I'll go with Barcelona by a single goal. But hopefully a single goal, 3-2, 4-3, give us as many goals as possible. This is why we have you on, Willie. 
Barcelona win. <laughs> tips tips me over the edge. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, that was that was really really good. Was um, and now we'll move on to talk about the final. Um, probably we'll talk about Barcelona first, so we don't move on with Leon saying how much they have no hope um, against this Barcelona side. Hey, so here. <laughs> yes, this is true. But we're gonna we're gonna try a new style for this episode. Um, you can tell we're we're very messy because we decided to try a new style of podcasting on the final um, episode of the Women's Champions League season. But we're just gonna kind of go through this final um, in a messy way. But I think I think it should be good. Um, but I think we should start with kind of let's get the narrative out of the way. Let's get the narrative of that 2019 4-1 when um for leon jesse you're nodding your head go on just say what you want <laughs> <laughs> no to be fair though that game was annoying because at the time we all wanted leon to lose so i didn't well <laughs> I, I think leon i think it was it was the worst thing because it happened that was the first glimpse of hope that leon could have gone down and then wolfsburg obviously the next season was like this is the one this is a team that's going to knock down Leon and then didn't happen. So that no. was a bit annoying. That was like the start of disappointment. So, until PSG did it. Yeah. At the time, obviously it's disappointing. Now it's quite funny. Um, so really it's the game that offers, every, you know, a whole range of emotions for everyone. Uh, I would recommend rewatching it because it is, it's a good fun game to, to watch. And, you know, obviously uh, as Margaret Atwood says, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And then, you know, Barcelona got their rhyme uh, <laughs> last year. So, but now we'll have to see who's going to get the rhyme in, uh, in Turin. Abdullah, what are you, are you, are you excited about the rematch or kind of like knowing how motivated Barcelona can get about these things? Are you kind of like, oh shit. <laughs> I think, and I think overall, I'm excited because I basically, I mean, putting my allegiance aside, I get we get to see two of the best teams in the Champions League this season come up against each other, and I'm just excited to see why not what comes out of that. Like, yes, there's a good chance Leon could lose this final, but I think I'm mentally prepared for the fact that Barcelona could run away with this, you know, against Chelsea last season. So I'm not. I I think last season was more when Chelsea played. You were like. There's a, you know what, Chelsea could do this. There's a, there's a chance here. And I still think there's a chance with Leon, but I think I'm mentally more prepared for what might happen. So overall, I'm like, I'm just excited to see what Sonia comes up with to come up against Barcelona because I think the onus is on is on Leon to come up with something new rather than Barcelona having to adapt. So I think that prospect for me is just really exciting. And I mean, yeah, if we get a repeat of, of a couple of years ago, fantastic. I'll be over the moon, but I don't expect that to happen. So overall, I'm just ready to see this, you know, this, this Leon team, you know, take, I think, I think for them just being in this final is a step forward from the last couple of years. Yes, they beat Wolfsburg, but Wolfsburg, that Wolfsburg game, Wolfsburg could have very easily won that game, but that was the first time we saw real cracks in that team and and show like, oh, is this is this is this the time is this the time of Leon's down, downfall? And obviously, inevitably, they lost the crown the, the last season. Um, but I feel like there's been real progress, and reaching the final for me is is progress on what Sonia has done to this team and how she's changed it in, in a season and brought them to to a better position. So I'm I'm excited overall. That's fair. And looking at the 
starting 11s for both sides from that 2019 final. From the 11 of Barcelona, only two players are not there anymore. And that is Tony Duggan and Vicky Lozada, which obviously Patrick Guijarro comes in for Vicky Lozada and Jenny Hermoso comes in for Tony Duggan or Asisa Oshuala as well. But that when you look downgrade at- on Tony that- Duggan. If I was <laughs> if I was Jonathan Geraldes, Tony Duggan's finished a season, I would be seeing if we could get a quick swap, get her back. To get Tony Duggan back. They did nothing in the 2019 final. Absolutely. Think of the nails, Alex. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, looking at the Lyon starting 11, there are five players from that 11. If you want to count Sadabawadi, who's definitely not going to be starting in the final, you can say six. Um, So when you look at the difference of in terms of the progression since that final, obviously Barcelona have been a more um, consistent, I guess you can call that. But then at the same time, in the Lyon, you have the Samra Bacha who's come in. You know, you have the Tamara Segurola, you have the Katarina Macario. So looking at that, there's not much of a difference. But do you think, Jesse, it's going to be kind of... The obvious answer is yes. But... Could it be? You want me to give a different one? <laughs> yes, basically. I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm trying to go here. I, I'm trying to like figure out how, without actually remembering what happened, like how different or how different is Barcelona and Leon to make this match a completely different match than what we saw in 2019. I think for Barcelona, the the thing is confidence, right? Like, and you know a familiarity of having played together a lot more. It says everything that that team is basically intact from that time. And that has always been part of the the whole Barcelona hype, right? That it's a project that's built over years and years and years, um, you know, with a, with a core group of players who, even if they've not been at Barcelona for huge amounts of time, have played in Spanish national teams since they were kids, basically. Um, and that's the nature of why they, they play so well together. And then you sprinkle some of like the best, non-Spanish players in the world on top of them. Um, So I think, you know, Barcelona will kind of go into this game feeling like they are, well, they should feel like they're much the better team, but sometimes those those relationships between other teams can do funny things to you. You know, I think there's like a kind of funny, like Chelsea Wolfsburg parallel there as well, where there have been points where, you know, you, I mean, even the season, you think Chelsea are the better team than Wolfsburg. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Definitely in the group stage, it felt like it should be true, but Chelsea have this big thing that like Wolfsburg always knocked them out of the Champions League and it happened again. So I don't know if Barcelona go into this game thinking, well, for all that we've kind of done this, like we haven't yet done it against Lyon and now we're going to do it on the biggest stage. I think regardless, Barcelona's talent will just win out. And I think, you know, what I think is so kind of underrated about Barcelona's play is how they kind of suffocate teams, not just because they're so good going forward, but because of the work that that midfield does. And because of, say, like the aggressive way Paredes and Mappi Lyon can defend too. Um, And I think my worry for Lyon is that even though, say, they've got... Hegerberg back, who's that obvious absentee from those kind of two finals, like in between where where we've got to talk, um, talking about that that original one against Barcelona, that they, I don't really feel like I've seen enough attacking verve, as it were, to make me really think they're going to be able to lift that kind of suffocating nature of the way that trio, I guess, of, of Patri, Mappi and Irene Paredes play together. 
Yeah, I am really curious to see how Leon kind of handled that. We've talked about how they handled the PSG top three, which I think if they can handle the PSG top three, they can handle most top threes in the world at this point. Um, but I am really curious about how they handle that midfield. Abdullah, do you want to kind of like tactically try to break down what Leon could do and where they could kind of win those battles against kind of that possession and the suffocation that they bring when you try to have possession against Barcelona? So that's, a, that's a very good question you bring up. And the fact that this is ad hoc is even more because I've been thinking about this for like three days and I'm actually planning to write something for next week and so what they could do tactically to, to break down the site. And um, without going into extreme detail over here so people can go and actually read these um, eventually, is that I, I think... They have to play the same type of midfield that they played against PSG. I think they need to have a double pivot. Instead of having one sitting, they need to have at least two sitting. I think Demars needs to come back in that team. That's for number one. And when they play with a two and a one, and that, that, that'll keep switching, I think they, what they need to do is they, as soon as the ball either comes into Patri, they need to close down her space. Because I think for me, she is key when it comes from playing up and back. Yes, I know that Barcelona do tend to try and use the really wide fullbacks as ways of outlet. And I think a lot of teams will sit and kind of maybe sit off, let the centre-backs play out, and then they'll, they'll crowd the midfield. But I think the way that Lyon pressed in that in that second leg against PSG, where I think Ada Hegerberg made that, these kind of curved runs to kind of force um, the centre-backs to play in kind of one direction, I think they need to kind of do that. But knowing Barcelona, they will find a way out in one of their ways of building up. But whatever they do... They need to close down that first line of uh, the first line pass. So once the pass comes into midfield or the fullbacks, they need to close that space. If they can close that space and kind of then win the ball back easy, I mean, if they can win the ball back easier in that in that final third, there's a good chance for them to be able to to counter and maybe create an opportunity. Now that's probably one way. Now in terms of personnel, yes, I think I think Macario becomes very very key because. We've always we've talked about the fact that the center backs are when you press the center backs, they have shown a tendency to kind of fluster and give it away if they're closed down properly. And we've seen it with Mapi, we've seen it with Irene Paredes, you know, and, and whoever else plays there. Now, if Macario is maybe played in sort of like this left inside forward position, she can occupy one of the center backs along with Ada Hagerberg occupying the second one. That frees up someone from midfield or Salma Basha from maybe a left-sided position, they kind of come in and kind of run through the channels and run through the lines to kind of go beyond. Because if Macario is, is holding somebody on the inside, you're kind of isolating the fullback, in this case, Mata Torrejon on, on, on that right-hand side in a 1v1 against Samabasha. And I would put my money on Samabasha at least six times out of ten to kind of get the better of Martha just from pace and trickery to be able to maybe get in across and we've seen what Ada can do from headed situations. So those are probably just two general ways I think that you know Leon could do it's easier said than done because they're so good on the ball Barcelona to get it out that you could get away with it two three times but then Barcelona will adjust and try something else and get the ball because you can maybe close them down four or five times but the other five times they will get the ball to Patri Patri will find a way out and play to Alexia or play to somebody else so that for me is where I think Whenever Leon do get a chance, and I think they they can't do it at every opportunity. They've got to pick their moments because they do it at every opportunity. They will get exposed in midfield and and behind, and they will get they will get exposed because we all know that 
Wendy Renard does not have the kicks. We saw what Katoto did to her in that for that goal. She's got left her for dead. Twice. <laughs> Twice. She left her for dead. Um, and Neither that, the player nor the ball goes past me. Both of them did. So <laughs> convenient that that came up at the halftime uh, show. But anyway, Wendy. Um, and then, oh, you've got Greed. And then if, if the fullback, I mean, Carpenter and Basha are quick. But then the speed at which Barcelona transition. They're going to need to really just, you know, leg it back and kind of protect. And that's obviously what Damaris comes in and 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 kind of has to has to really be on, on game. And that's why and I even wrote about it last week. The number sixes for both clubs are going to be the most important players on that pitch. Because whichever one is stopped, I think has the better chance of winning, of winning that game because they are the both the defensive and the attacking build-up subs of their team. And if you can close them down, I think then then you've got a really good chance to, to to go through. I don't know if any of that made any sense to anybody, but I've just I've just said stuff. Here's my tactic. My tactic. Nobody is, asked you, Jesse. Well, I'm coming in for it <laughs> because it's genius. It's simple. It's easy. They're not going to be able to deal with it. Tell me. Big Wendy Renard header done. <laughs> Boom. I've won. I've won the Champions League. Wait, hold on. the corner. Hold put on. it on Wendy Renard's head. Because the thing is, Hegerberg is so good in the air. You got to focus on Hegerberg. Renard is like two feet taller than. Literally is it? Is it going to be like world. a Millie Bright situation? I was going to say. I was going to say. You're saying Wendy you Renard up top. I was literally saying, are we going to do a Millie Bright to Wendy yes. Renard? Let's do it. We're going to play Ada and Wendy together as a front two. Then we're going to put Kat in behind them. And then Paredes and Mappy are going to have to pick up. I mean, Mappy versus Wendy Renard. That is something that I would, I am paying to go and see this game. And you I would really like are. to pay to see that. <laughs> oh, God. And then we're going to have, Matt, we're going to have Millie and Wendy and everyone just be like, yeah, you are now goal scoring trackers. And then, and then like for Irene and, and Matthews, but seriously, we just saw Millie do this international stage. Now, why are you doing this at the Champions League final? Like, can you stop? But I, I don't, but right, we've spoken in the past about how Barcelona aren't great at set pieces. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And <laughs> Wendy Renard is like one of the best headers of the ball in the game. Okay, maybe that's partially because she's six foot a million. But if you're Leon, you've got to be thinking like, Right, like how, how often can we get Renard to go up and can we put pressure on, on Barcelona's back line to, to kind of defend in that area? Because you have to pick it out as one of Barcelona's obvious weaknesses. Plus, you know, you get, hopefully, you know, if you set yourself up right, you're not necessarily going to be as affected by, you know, pushing everyone up. You're going You're going against Mapilon here, Jesse, I hope you know that. I am going against Mapilion, but I am supporting only her in the final. So in some ways, I'm not going against her. <laughs> it is it is funny though, because when you look at obviously Barcelona and Lyon met in preseason in Portland for the ICC game, and two obviously Lyon did win three two, and two of the three goals were from set pieces and Two of them were from headers. Um, I forgot who scored the first one, but the second one's Amandine Henry, which how often does Amandine Henry score a header? Um, not quite often, but she does against Barcelona. So clearly that's a that's a big kind of downfall. But I do think that Barcelona have gotten decently better at defending their set pieces. But then again, when you're coming up against the likes of Wendy Renard, who, I mean, you, you literally know 
every single set piece, that ball is going for Wendy. There is no denying that. And no one has kind of defended her efficiently enough. Like Ashley Lawrence during that um, goal in the second leg, I don't know what she was attempting to do. Um, She kind of just like fell onto Wendy Renard and hope that she would kind of like unbalance her or something, I think. But that's clearly not the way to do it because Wendy Renard literally just put, she that was a bullet header to the back of the net and there was nothing, nobody could do anything about it. But it will be interesting to see how Barcelona do defend set piece, especially when you have a player like Irene Paredes, who has obviously worked a lot with PSG to kind of learn how to defend that back line. Um, so I do think having Irene kind of leading the back four and next to Mapi will potentially give a slight advantage in the sense of knowing how to deal with certain players and kind of their their likes and their dislikes and all that fun stuff. But do we, do we want to go into predictions yet or do we want to kind of sit on that for a bit longer? No, we can go to predictions. I'm going to go for predictions. I've been writing anything. on this. Not <laughs> <laughs> that I have anything writing on this, but I have something writing on this. All right, I'll do a prediction. <laughs> Put everything aside and let's predict. Oh. Jesse, go first. Oh, uh, that's true. I'm the only neutral. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, I'm for neutral sake, for the sake for the sake of this. It has to be one. one for the of, sake one of nothing. Okay, I'm okay. For the sake for the sake of this podcast, go just. <laughs> I don't get it. You're the two who support extra teams, not me. As I said, my team is not in the final. Um, Okay. Uh, I think Barcelona will win 3-1, but I think they will score three quite quick and then we'll just get like a consolation Lyon goal at the end. Abdullah? Do I listen to my heart or do I listen to my mind? That's the question here. What do I listen to? All right. I'm gonna to listen to the rest of the entire podcast. I was I was analyst to me. I'm not gonna to listen to my heart, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be a two-one to Leon, but it's gonna be like it's gonna be like a one-one to like the 75th, 80th minute. And the last 10 minutes, we're gonna get a goal, and this is gonna be insane. And I'm probably gonna have heart palpitations, and I'm probably gonna be sweating, and then I'm just gonna retire after that because it's gonna be the most intense game ever. I think too, I, I'm just gonna go two one Leon. I'm listening to my heart, listening to my gut. I'm gonna go. I I'm stuck between two score lines. I'm gonna give Leon five nil or six nil. Chase up a nil. Um, I'm gonna give Leon two goals. Oh. Okay. Okay. But I don't know if I'm gonna give Barcelona three or four goals. Okay. I could see it being a three-one, and then kind of Leon getting that second goal and like yeah, like the seventeenth minute and kind of help palpitations towards the last twenty minutes of the match. Or if it's kind of gonna be that same scenario of a three-one, three-two, and Barcelona getting that fourth goal. To kind of like seal it off. So I, you know what? Mm, I'm gonna go bold. I'm going four two. Okay. For Barcelona. I, I, I hope so because that will be a cracking game. All I really would want ultimately is a good game. Like my fear is we do get like this runaway, like three 0 by half. Do you time. think that's I know capable that's though? Just... Like, like genuinely, like obviously we just didn't think... think it was capable for Chelsea, but like. I just think the way Barcelona come out of the blocks in so many games is 
you know, almost incomparable. I mean, and you, if, if you come out with that much, almost like drive, energy and ability, I just think sometimes, you know, you do blow teams away. It's a bit like Chelsea in the FA Cup against Arsenal. Like, and I think what Barcelona makes Barcelona so deadly is, okay, let's leave the Wolfsburg second leg aside, but they have so many good finishers in their team. That whereas, say, a team like Chelsea might come up and be, like, really intense, even though Chelsea obviously have good finishes, but in that Arsenal game, for example, like, it was still only one and a half time. But I think the, the risk is Barcelona can so easily carve up open teams and then so quickly score goals because of how good their finishers are that you can just go from nothing. And I do think, like, again, I just don't... I think it's hard when you don't play teams like this. And I, you know, I think it's like we were talking about after the first leg, like that neither this PSG team or this Leon team feel necessarily that good. And I think that's my worry in this game, that the level is just, it's a bit like the Chelsea thing. The level is much bigger than even we realise. That is, that is curious. It is, I do agree that Leon, you know, as much as they say that they're really confident in kind of facing Barcelona with the results that they've had, I don't, I agree that they've not been challenged in this way. And that's down to them being on top for so long in the French league, being decently on top in the Champions League. And the way they've progressed this Champions League, we have mentioned that it wasn't entirely convincing considering who they are and the team that they have. Um, but they are Leon at the end of the day. Um, but I do kind of agree that that level of confidence that Barcelona has and the level of motivation that they have. Um, there's like jokes, obviously, um, from the last last year's final of, of Sam Kerr kind of making jokes about that 2019 final, saying that it, this is competitive. Um, there's jokes around that. Uh, Alexia printed like 200 copies of that tweet and just posted it around the, the dressing room. So I'm convinced that now around the dressing room, it's that Ada Hegerberg quote saying that Barcelona are just playing um, football that's been played in Lyon for years and years and years. Um, so I'm convinced that they're going to they're gonna see the Ada quote walking into the final and they're just going to destroy um, Lyon. But that's just, that's a completely unprofessional and unintellectual um take on that but Abdullah what do you do you think it's possible to see a one-sided match no, that's what I was going to say like I, I'm also like realistically I'm also worried about that but because what Jesse said about the way Barcelona come out I think they start games better than anybody else in, 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 in world football right now the first 10 the way they come out in the first 10 minutes of every single game I think that dictates what Barcelona do and what the result will end up being. Because if you can weather the storm for 15 for 15 minutes, you have a good chance of coming out of the game with a different result. But if you let Barcelona, I mean, you just look at the worst first like by Bon score, Aitana scored in the first two minutes, minute and a half. That set the tone for the rest of the game. But you know, Wolfsburg was something like the game plans out the window. Not that they had much of a game plan that first game, like, but the game plans out the window. Suddenly they have to adjust. But they didn't expect to have to adjust so early on in the game. You can adjust with 15, 20 minutes to go because the coach has spoken to you at halftime. You can make changes. You can't make a change in the second minute. It doesn't work like that. So I think if if Leon can play conservatively and can, can sit back, yes, maybe they have a chance. But you're right. Like There's such a high probability and a high percentage chance that this game could go 3-0 in 20 minutes and the game's over, and we, we lose out on, on, on a spectacle of a final. But, fuming. 
Yeah, it's it's it, even for me. I'll just be like, I'm off to have another Aperol spritz. I'm done. <laughs> Context behind that is that it'll be like 28 degrees in Turin during the weekend. So Abdullah wouldn't be excited, but I'm no, no, it's not a change for Abdullah. <laughs> but is it going to be a change for me and Alex? I've heard Sorry. Alex has planned every outfit she's bringing as well. So there we go. I mean, for no. me, that's, that's that's brilliant. Whatever it be. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a 35, 34. Actually, it was nice, nice and nice and 30 degrees today. So it was quite nice. Uh, it was raining uh, here. So I mean, it is what it is. No, but overall, <laughs> I mean, just to kind of not digress on the point, I think I think there's a chance that they could blow this team out of the water in 15 minutes and we don't have a final. But I just there's something about this Leon team that I think that they won't they they will they can weather the storm for 10 15 minutes and I think they can I think they can make it into a competitive final where if I'm being really really honest yes there's a very good chance Barcelona win the final take Champions League I'm not I'm not afraid to say that but I feel like Leon can make this a better final and more competitive final than I think most of the other teams that could have gone to the final would have done. That's just what I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think also like that original final does matter because it feels like there's kind of two ways of seeing it. Either you say, well, you've got nine Barcelona players who started that final who are playing because they want to say, fuck Hegelberg, like we've done it, we can do it now. And they go out all guns blazing. Or you say, you've got nine Barcelona players who what if they walk out and think, shit, remember what happened last time we played Leon in the Champions League final? And like, I can genuinely see it going either way. And, you know, as much as we talk about how Barcelona can blow teams away, we have seen teams frustrate Barcelona. Okay, Wolfsburg, it's a bit of an odd situation. Barcelona maybe it should have scored, but you've obviously got the, the two legs against Real Madrid. You know, it can be done. It, it, so it's not impossible. And I do think if there is that tiny bit of doubt in those players' heads, that that will have an impact. Sorry, and one last thing. I don't think we can understate the fact that Sonia has played in this Lyon team. She has won Champions Leagues. And I think of all the people, even the players that played in the last Champions League, I don't think she will let any one of them rest on their laurels and rest on that result from three years ago. I think if there's anybody there that's going to make sure that they're going to go on with, with the focus and with the, with the game plan set is Sonia because she's been in their position. She's played in big games and she's been a big game player. So if anybody, she's one to know and tell the players, you cannot be overconfident going to this game. You cannot let what Ada said in that quote, get to your heads. You need to play this the way it is now and the way Barcelona are now, not the team they were three years ago. So that's- Also, given the quality of that goal she scored in that Legends match yeah, the other day, yeah. she can sub herself on, <laughs> I reckon, at 85 minutes. retirement, playing that midfield, let's go. So, yeah, for listeners that don't actually know the context, uh, Sonia Pompasor is obviously the Lyon manager who used to be a Lyon player and her assistant manager is Camilla Billy. Yeah. Absolutely. If you don't know Camilla Billy please go look at YouTube videos or something because my word, that that was, to put it in context, if any interview who's, that's ever asked Alexia Pudeas who her woman's player idol is, her answer is always Camilla Billy. So that's, that just puts it into context. Um, but basically, Camilla Billy and Sonia Bonpastor have seven women's Champions League titles between both of them. And Sonia Bonpastor, if... Leon Winch went obviously we've established that it's not likely. Um, <laughs> um that makes you happy, yeah. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> if Sonia Bonpastor does win this Champions League as a manager, she will be the first 
person to win the women's champions league as a player and a manager so that's a big kind of focus to go on um and yeah i think who wears a hoodie and a blazer which is the more are you still really mad about that impressive talent i'm mad about it is she going to be wearing it in the 28 degree heat this is the question we've not asked her this no she what did she she wore like a a white t-shirt with like Trials, nice yeah, that's her other. That's her classic. Yeah, she likes mm. that. One. And then that's all yeah. the Leon players. All the Leon players come in with the suit with the white T-shirt. Like, kind of like Barcelona. Their suits are so oh nice. My oh my god! I'm a guy. I love those suits. Like that is <gasps> amazing. I saw the. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. I. Mm, they're so Barcelona nice. Barcelona and Leon have the best pre-game outfits coming in with those suits. Both of them wear. Yeah. Oh, they are unbelievable. I love it. With the white, no, no, the white I, I do, I do. I think Leon do have the best suits. Yeah. PSG follow close second, but I think Leon suits pretty much. <laughs> They're so I'm nice. Right. I am so jealous. You have no idea. <laughs> I think I think we can leave it on that as our as our final kind of who has a prediction who's gonna be the best dressed in the final. Leon, <laughs> Leon can win something, so we'll give him that. Hey. hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> sorry right. but yeah we'll we'll leave it on that uh it kind of yeah that was that was fun a chaotic little pre-show into the final and yeah we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode with our special guest and with our chaotic predictions um we did manage to get some tactical stuff into that so i'm quite happy about that um but we hope you guys enjoyed it and enjoy the champions league final um as a neutral if you are i'm very happy for you because i am i am yeah um this is gonna be fun um this post-match post-match podcast is gonna be one to look forward to isn't it um so yeah it's gonna be really great but yeah thank you everyone for listening to us ramble on about football and we appreciate it and see you after the final Have fun, guys.